Come for the unique food and local beer. Stay for all the amazing. Red, White, and Brews is back. A hometown celebration of Americana food and fun. And it's only at California's Great America. In here, the whole family will enjoy delicious eats, live music, larger-than-life games, activities, and more. And grown-ups will get to enjoy their favorite local beers and wine. This limited-time event is weekends only, June 15th to 30th. Get your tickets online at cagreatamerica.com. It's amazing in here. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. All right, what's up, Pels fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bird Calls podcast. I'm your host and contributor to thebirdrights.com, Preston Ells. We've got a special guest joining us today, but first, joining me is our editor-in-chief, the man remodeling his bathroom for what feels like the third time, Mr. Ali Cosell. What's going on, man? (laughs) Nothing. The anticipation's killing me already. You know, I was just telling you off the air how much I hate picking out stuff that, you know, when you don't have an eye for creativity, like, say, Kevin... Uh, this stuff's really hard and you don't know what the right decision is. So we're about to start our second, uh, I guess, remodel the second half of the house. So it's it, it just this whole weekend went to waste of looking at floors, tiles, you name it. So I'm so happy to be talking to Alex today. Yeah, I envy you. <laughs> I remember how disastrous the last one was. It like dragged on and on, cost you way more money than you anticipated it would. So I'm I'm proud of you for diving back in. Yeah, I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And on that note, we're going to transition to Mr. Alex Kennedy of Hoops Hype. Alex, it's the slowest part of the NBA offseason. And yet you have still been super busy this past week. Do you ever vacation? (laughs) This is the time of year I love, honestly. I think after the player movement and stuff, you know, talking to guys once they've changed teams about, you know, the different moves that happen and all that. I think this time of year is so much fun. Obviously, you know. Early in July, we're, we're talking about different moves and, you know, analyzing everything that happens, different trades, signings. So um, there, there's always something going on in the NBA. I think, you know, late August, that's when it gets really boring. I think even at, at that point, too, you know, the players are kind of just done with the offseason. They want to get things started again, too. So uh, it's, I think this time of year is still pretty fun. Uh, and then once we get to, you know, August, September, that's when we're all really missing the games. And uh, we, we want some basketball again. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of some of the guys you've had accessibility to uh, during this slower part of the offseason, and we're going to dive right on in and ask you about Etwan Moore. Etwan Moore is somebody who's been a bit of an afterthought uh, within the Pelicans organization with this revamped roster that brings in all these blue chip guys, these first round picks. Obviously, he's he's a veteran at this point. He's in the last uh, year of his four year, thirty four million dollar deal. I think his value this year is eight point seven million dollars. If you couple that with Darius Miller and he makes very interesting trade fodder. But what people forget is that Etwan Moore is still the sixth best three-point shooter in the NBA. He was putting up some of the best statistical numbers in the NBA uh, in terms of efficiency through the first six weeks last season, scoring 30 points against the Toronto Raptors, amongst other performances. Still a very highly useful player, uh, was starting for the Pelicans in their playoff run. Last year, I have the numbers in front of me. Drum roll, please. Okay, in five-man lineups with Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Alfred Payton, and either uh, Julius Randle or Nikola Miritich, these guys were electric in over 100 minutes. 
Where's the point total? There it is. 21 points and 31 points, respectively, per 100 possessions. Alex, Etwan Moore is still a very efficient player. Tell us a bit about what you've learned from him in your conversation with him this week. Yeah, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, I think whenever you have this many big moves in an offseason, you know, the guys that are still on the roster that are returning that maybe, you know, fans, the fans know about, you know, each one, they know what he brings to the table, you know, they, they can get overlooked sometimes or be underrated sometimes. And I think, you know, I think that's happening a bit with each one. As you mentioned, you know, still a great three-point shooter, a guy that, you know, shot 43% from, from three. And I think that's important when you look at this New Orleans roster, the different guys that they brought in. You know, there, there's a lot of talent on this roster, but uh, you guys have written about this too. You know, there's a lot of ton of shooters when you look at, you know, the, the rotation. So that's where guys like, you know, Etwan and, uh, and and J.J. Reddick, the guys that can shoot the ball really well, are going to be really important. And you're going to have to, you know, scatter them in different lineups and, and use them. So I think he, he's going to be great on the court. I, I think, you know, he provides a need for the Pelicans. And I think also off the court, you know, he's one of those veterans that really wants to help young guys. He's extremely excited about the moves that were made this summer. Um, I think he's excited that drama with Anthony Davis is over as well. Uh, so I think he'll help off the court, too, in the locker room. I, when I read your article, um, uh, let me see here, where is it, Alex, that uh, he seemed to be really excited about the changes. Could you get a sense of just really how excited he is, even though his role is probably going to be cut, you know? With, with the influx of all this talent around him now, because he was, as Preston kind of alluded to, he was one of the main pieces for Alvin Gentry in the last couple of years, even being a starter out of position at the three. But now, chances are he's probably going to move to the bench. But did you get a good sense of what he thought of the Pelicans' moves this summer? Can you kind of explain that to our fans on what he told you? Yeah, yeah, he was really excited. I mean, he he's someone that, you know, we had talked about. He's someone I know really well. So we had talked about the season. And we had talked a few times about Zion Williamson. He had watched Zion play in college and was a huge fan of Zion's game. Um, so even before, you know, Zion landed in New Orleans and, you know, the Pelicans won the lottery, he was a big Zion fan. So then whenever New Orleans won the lottery, he was very excited. Uh, you know, he in the article, uh, I, I interviewed him shortly after free agency kind of got underway and after some of the moves had happened. And he was saying, you know, he was shocked whenever he heard what the Pelicans got back in the Lakers deal. You know, he said, I thought we'd get, you know, a few young guys, maybe a draft pick or two. He was like, to get all of that, you know, that was crazy. I didn't expect that. So he admits that he was shocked with how much David Griffin was able to get back in the trade with the uh, Lakers for Anthony Davis. He said, you know, he doesn't think that that trade could have went any better, that David Griffin deserves a ton of credit for that move. Um, and then he was talking about the different signings, too. J.J. Redick is a guy that he played with in Orlando, and, you know, they were pretty close there. He was saying J.J. is obviously a great player, but he's also a great guy, too. Another one of those guys that you want to have in the locker room around young talent. You know, we obviously saw he played that role in Philadelphia during the trusted process years. Um, and then uh, Derek Favors, too, is another movie he's really excited about, a guy that can help right away. Um, I think with Etwan too, he's one of those guys that is very team first and he wants to win. So I think he's one of those guys that would much rather be in a winning situation and play fewer minutes and maybe have to fight for, you know, uh, playing time versus being, you know, a guy that's playing a featured role on a losing team and, you know, the, the, the squad's struggling every single night. Um, he's a guy that's pretty versatile. You know, he's played minutes at the two, at the one, at the three. You know, he moves around a bit. So I think that kind of helps as well, that he can kind of plug in different rotations. That's another reason why he's so valuable, I think, too. But I think, you know, he knows he's going to probably play less minutes this year. But 
what this team can do I, I think he's one of those guys that is fine take sacrificing his role a bit some of his minutes if it means this team's going to potentially be a playoff team and in a few years a contender and i think that's what he thinks this team can do uh he, just, he really wants to help the young guys and kind of instill a winning culture uh, and i think you have to have guys like that, him around in order to you know be able to be successful and make that transition from great up-and-coming team to you know winner and according to David Griffin's comments to Adrian Wojnarowski, he definitely wants Etwan Moore to be a part of that, uh, and he values Etwan Moore's veteran leadership. Let's go ahead and transition to the Pelicans' uh, soon-to-be newest Pelican. He hasn't officially signed yet, and of course, I'm talking about uh, EuroLeague big man Nikola Melli, who just played Luka Doncic in and Real Madrid in the finals just I think one or two seasons ago. Uh, let's go ahead and break this down. Obviously, six foot nine. They're bringing him in to space the floor, possibly uh, playing alongside Zion Williamson to provide some spacing so that Zion can penetrate and uh, get to the paint with a bit more ease than he would alongside, let's say, a Derek Favors or a Jaleel Okafor type. Uh, Hoops Hype did a nice deep dive in on Nicola Melli. And for those of you listening, we've also got one on the birdrise.com. So make sure that you guys check out that as well. But Alex, give us your overall impressions of Nicola Melli. How ready is he to get real NBA minutes right now? He's ready right away. You know, that's one of the positives of bringing in a guy like him. You know, he's 28 years old, so he's in his prime. Um, you know, last year he struggled a bit. I think people look at his stats and, you know, are they're kind of concerned because his numbers don't really jump off the page. Uh, but I think, you know, he's a guy that over the last four years has been really, really good. And he's a really good fit with his Pelicans team. Over the last four years, he uh, led all all players uh, in three-point shooting in the EuroLeague. Uh, you know, all high-volume guys that shot over 300 threes. You know, he, he had the highest percentage from three. 42.1%. And then uh, he had the most rebounds since 2015 as well. So he's a guy that, you know, over the last four years, he's been very productive. You know, he's, he's been able to, uh, you know, make his presence felt in the paint on the glass. Um, and then, you know, his, his biggest thing is the shooting, obviously. And like we said, you know, whenever you are bringing in guys like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Dion Williamson, Derek Favors, you know, these are guys that are very talented players, but they can't spread the floor really. Uh, you know, obviously they're working on those things, but I think that's where, it's important to have these kind of shooters that you can bring in. So I give uh, the Pelicans a lot of credit for being able to find him. You know, I think David Griffin, he, he, you know, he's obviously done a fantastic job with the trade, the draft, free agency, but, you know, he's very creative as well and finds these kind of moves that go under the radar, but they end up being huge pickups. So I, I love the move. Well, I'm going to the beach where I belong. It's Retro Nights. And Monday and Tuesday nights after five. All rides are just $1.50. $2 on selected games and $10.95 for unlimited attractions. So many great deals throughout the park. It's Retro Nights. Monday and Tuesday after $5.50 rides and so much more. At the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in the warm California sun. Boardwalk! Alex, most of us have barely ever even heard of this guy, let alone watched tape of him. I'm curious, have you seen him play in any games? And if so, what were your impressions? I mean, I know you just went into about him being a great shooter and such, but I've heard that he's a very intelligent player to where he, he can play a lot of um, a lot of minutes, giving you basically, you know, some something at center, something at power forward. And then he can also be kind of a, not an initiator of offense, but he can be involved in a lot of that decision-making and a good flow offense. So I'm curious, have you had a chance to watch him? If so, can you pay, basically delve into a little bit more of what he'll be able to do for Alvin Gentry and playing alongside Zion and everybody else. Yeah, his basketball IQ is incredible. I think that's something that really stands out. And again, you know, that's where when you have a young team, 
you want to have those guys on the floor and just even around the team, you know, helping out with those kind of things. His decision making is excellent. Um, you know, I, I actually I read your guys' breakdown on the bird race and it was it was fantastic. You know, they had a lot of video clips and stuff too. I would definitely recommend people check that out because you know you can see exactly what we're talking about here. These are the basketball IQ, the fact that um, you know you guys kind of described him as a basketball savant, and that's not too far. I, I totally agree with that. I think you know he's someone that always seems to make the right play. He makes up for his lack of athleticism with you know his his IQ and just smart plays. Um, and again, you know, around a young team, you want to have that guy on the floor. So when you look at, you know, his skill set, what he brings to the table, you know, how he can help these young guys improve their game as well with his high basketball IQ, it just makes so much sense why he was brought in, why he was the guy that they targeted. Um, so I think he's going to be a, a great fit. Um, you know, I think, I think he, I, I really do think he could have a big impact and surprise people this year that may not know about him. All right, I'm going to do my best to pronounce this. I was hoping Ollie would jump in and save me. Uh, of course, that article on thebirdrights.com was written by one of our newest contributors. Here we go, Ben Pfeiffer. How'd I do, Ollie? You nailed it. Boom. Yes, thank God. I was hoping it was <laughs> Pfeiffer. <laughs> but Pfeiffer. Uh, but anyway, Alex, let's dive in a bit more. We've gotten Nicola Melli and each one more out of the way. Obviously, the Pelicans just brought Darius Miller back on a two-year deal, the second of which is a team option, I think, or unguaranteed, uh, whichever you prefer. Alex, so we've got this large roster overhaul, and now the inevitable question becomes, how do all these pieces fit together? You mentioned some of the spacing that's going to be an issue, obviously, uh, Alvin Gentry, David Griffin, and some of the players at the most recent press conference, Lonzo Ball, preached defense and how good this team can be defensively. But one thing we've learned from this Pelicans team under uh, uh, Alvin Gentry is that they're fast. They run up and down the floor. We have seen them be able to translate that defensively. And, of course, we're still awaiting word on Jeff Bezelik and whether he's going to join the Pelicans organization. So what are you expecting to see from this team? Do you think they're going to change the way they play? Do you think they're going to pick up without losing a beat? How do all these new pieces mesh in together uh, to start the season? Well, there's going to be an adjustment period. Anytime you have new focal points and, you know, this many new players, everyone has to be on the same page and get acclimated. You know, a lot of these guys will be – learning the, uh, you know, the system for the first time, obviously trying to get acclimated to each other for the first time. So there's going to be an adjustment, no doubt about it. And also, again, you know, you look at Zion Williamson, it's obviously, is you know, rookie year, but then also guys like Lonzo Ball and uh, Brandon Ingram, you know, these are Jackson Hayes. These are younger guys that are going to be, um, you know, trying to transition and get acclimated while still learning and developing their own games as well. So, I do think there's going to be, you know, I, I think this team's super talented. I lo- I think it's going to be really, really fun to watch. So I think I, I'm really happy for New Orleans fans, to be honest. And I talked about this with each one, each one in the interview. You know, after going through the whole Anthony Davis situation, you know, losing such a big impact player, you know, usually there's a few years where the fan base kind of bummed out and the team isn't very exciting and you're, you know, one of the teams in the league. This kind of turnaround and land Zion, make this trade with the Lakers and bring in so many exciting young players to be able to go out and, you know, right away be attractive to free agents that want to win now and want to make an impact. Guys like JJ and, and Derek Favors, I mean, it's it's awesome. You don't really see that very often. And then, you know, to have this many draft picks in the future, you know, like a rebuilding team typically only has, you know, that's really only all they have to get excited about usually. There's just so much to like with this team. I think the right pieces are in place in terms of, you know, the front office and the coaching staff. So I, I think, uh, you know, when I look at this team, I'm very excited. Um, I think, you know, playoffs are a possibility. I could see them potentially battling for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. You know, I think it'll be a few years until we're talking about this team, you know, 
making noise in the Western Conference, I think, just because the West is loaded, obviously, now. And, uh, and they do have so many young guys. But um, I think it's going to be a really fun year. And uh, I think they're going to see – it's going to be an Alvin Gentry team, fast-paced. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Alex, I'm going to put you on the spot since you, like many others, even fans you know, from outside of New Orleans, of course, um, have listed the Pelicans like must-see, one of their top five, top three league pass teams to watch. But I want you to give me one player that you're particularly going to eye and who you probably think has a good chance of basically taking that next step in his career. I mean, or could it even be like, say, Derek Favors, you know, just because he's not going to be behind Rudy Gobert. But who would you pick out of, you know, Lonzo, Ingram, Favors, all these guys? Who do you think this is going to benefit the most for their career? I would say Brandon Ingram. I'm really excited to see his development. I, I do think, let me say this, I do think Lonzo Ball is going to benefit too. I think there's going to be some really exciting defensive possessions where you have Lonzo and Drew Holiday in that backcourt. Both of those guys, you know, are, are you know, really aggressive defenders and really good. I think they're going to lock down a lot of backcourts and make things very frustrating for opposing teams. And I think Lonzo, you know, it's going to be good for him to get out of LA, I think too. And this, this is what you said for Ingram as well, but when you're a Laker and in recent years, you know, the fans, until they got LeBron, you know, they didn't have, you know, a superstar like they're used to having. So everything was all about Lonzo. Everything was all about Ingram. You're on, you know, a national stage and everything you do is make, making headlines. You know, it, I think it's going to be, it's, it's going to be good for them. I think to be able to have a little bit less pressure on them. And, you know, now going to New Orleans where everyone's kind of focused on Zion Williamson and, um, you know, there's more kind of attention to be, the, the attention's kind of spread out a bit more, I think. I think that's going to be good for these young guys. And then I just look at Brandon Ingram. I get so excited about, about his potential. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's not like uh, he's anywhere close to his ceiling. He, he just has so much room to improve still. And, you know, he's only 21 years old, which is still just so incredible. You know, he's been in the NBA now for uh, three years, but he's still just 21 years old. I mean, to have that much experience under your belt, but still be just 21, it's hard not to get excited about his game. He's a guy that, you know, if he can figure it out, he's kind of the prototypical star in today's NBA. When you look at his size and his wingspan and his skill set, I, I think he could really have a breakout. If it's not this year, I think the following year. Over the next few years, I think you're going to really see him make huge strides. Um, you know, he had kind of a scary situation to end last year uh, with, you know, his blood clot and everything like that. I'm hoping that is in the past now. His camp seems to feel it's in the past. They're not concerned about it. They think that it was a one-time thing, which is great news because no one wants to see that impact his career. Um, so, you know, the uh, I think this is a situation where, you know, you get traded to a new team and uh, I, I think it motivates you. I think you want to work extra hard and prove that team wrong. You saw that with D'Angelo Russell after the Lakers traded him. He became an all-star. Um, you know, I, I think Ingram's going to make really big strides. And there's a reason that, you know, the, the Pelicans were, were so interested in Ingram. And other teams had been interested in the past as well in Ingram when they talked to the Lakers about different trade packages. He's a very exciting player. Each one more, when I talked to him, he said he feels like eventually he could be one of the best players in the NBA if he reaches his full potential. Uh, and I, I think, you know, if he is able to reach that full potential, he's right about that. That's the kind of skill set and, uh, and feeling we're talking about with this guy. 
All right, Alex, uh, we, we just did a pretty deep dive, significant deep dive on Brandon Ingram and what we're potentially hoping from him uh, this season. Obviously, it's a very important season for him. He's in a contract year. Uh, he's coming off that DVT, the successful surgery of the deep compression uh, outlet, I want to say, the thoracic outlet. Uh, so he's expected to return to full health. He hasn't started shooting yet, but we're anticipating that he should be ready to do that a little bit after training camp. Here's my question for you, Alex. He's got a lot riding on this season, and at the end of this season, the Pelicans have to make a pretty big decision about him. He's going to have the opportunity to uh, explore his restricted free agency. Then the Pelicans are going to be tasked with making that decision. If you had to guess right now, do you think he makes it to that point next season and the Pelicans bring him back at a pretty significant number? Or do you think there's a possibility the Pelicans might package him with one of these other two contracts to bring something pretty significant back around the trade deadline? Yeah, that's possible. You never know. I mean, that's the thing. Like I said with David Griffin, he's so creative when it comes to different trades. Um, you know, he has people on staff that are pitching in trade ideas every single day. So they'll go over hundreds of trade ideas. So that's something to keep in mind, too, whenever this team is being covered. Just because a guy was, you know, quote-unquote, discussed internally or if there's a rumor that a trade was discussed, literally people on the staff are always pitching ideas. So that's kind of how David Griffin does things. It's how he did things in Cleveland. So, you know, there are literally – you know, hundreds, thousands of trade ideas that are thrown around uh, and, and discussed. And it's just what you have to do. You have to do your due diligence when you're in front office like that. And, you know, you have to know what options are out there, what teams are looking to do. Um, so I think, and one thing that Griff is really, uh, is really good at doing too is finding, you know, three-team deals. And um, he really does a good job of figuring out what other teams are looking to do in terms of uh, their salary motivations or, uh, you know, what they're, what they're looking for. And he really understands the value of his assets. So I think... You know, on one hand, could we see Ingram break out and, you know, have a long career with the Pelicans, you know, re-sign with them, maybe even sign an extension before hitting free agency? That's possible. He, he definitely could. Um, again, he's a guy that has so much potential, and I, I think there's a reason they trade for him. I think they like him a lot. But at the same time, you know, we've seen now with bringing in J.J. Redick, bringing in Derek Favors, bringing in, uh, you know, different pieces like that that can compete now, you know, if they can – if they can flip him for a superstar, you know, and, you know, they put together a package similar to the one that helped them land Anthony Davis, uh, you know, the Lakers, um, you know, obviously we've seen now with the value of Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and some of these guys are, you know, I, I think you, you always have to consider that option. Now, I don't know who that player would be. Uh, this is all hypothetical. This is me just speculating. I do think you have to keep that option open and see what's out there. Um, you know, maybe, maybe even look at, you know, players that potentially fit better long-term around a guy like Zion or if you feel like Lonzo Ball is, is an answer long-term and can be your, you know, point guard of the future and become a star, then, you know, do you find someone that's maybe a better shooter? You know, I think you're always looking at those different options and seeing what's out there. Um, yeah, as of right now, I don't anticipate they're going to just flip him and trade him. Um, I, I do think that the, unfortunately, that whenever there is a blood clotting issue or something like that, teams do get kind of scared. So I do think that impacts his trade value a little bit. Um, you know, again, I think it's a one-time thing. His camp thinks it's a one-time thing. But uh, anytime there's a medical issue with that, you know, could pop back up suddenly. Teams do get a little bit freaked out. <laughs> so that could not only impact his trade value, but also some of the free agency uh, talk down the road. So we'll see there. But um, it's definitely a possibility. You really don't know, especially when you have someone like David Griffin that is constantly surveying the league. All right, Alex, I got one more for you, and I can't believe we've taken over 20 minutes to get to this question, but I want to ask your quick opinion on Zion. Do you believe he's a generational talent? And I want you to pick one player between both Jackson Hayes, since I'm sure you watch the summer league games, 
pick between one summer league guy from the Pelicans draft class that impressed you more, Jackson Hayes or Nikhil Alexander-Walker? Okay, I like the question. Uh, so, yeah, first of all, Zion is so special. He's a guy that, you know, whenever I watch him play, obviously everyone talks about the dunks and the crazy athletic plays, but I just love his intensity on defense. And, you know, he's constantly hustling out there. Um, you would never know he's the most talented player on the floor. <laughs> the way he is, you know, constantly, um, you know, making hustle plays and playing with such high energy. He does scare me sometimes. There's plays where, you know, I'm almost watching through my my hands and wincing just because he is kind of reckless and throwing his body around. And, you know, he, he's a, he's a big boy. I mean, he, it, I, I was always concerned that he was going to get hurt and have, you know, a, a injury when he's just, you know, diving for loose balls and, you know, but that's the only way he knows how to play. It's what he always does. You know, he's going to be the guy that is trying to, you know, fight for the ball and, and dive around. It's just whenever you're playing, you know, at, at that size, it, it can be kind of scary. So I, I will say that I do, when I watch him play, I do worry about that. I know there have been some coaches around the NBA that have kind of talked about, you know, getting him on a on a diet, having him lose some weight so that not only do you have to worry about him throwing that much weight around, but that way, you know, you don't have to worry about him putting that weight on his feet and his knees over an 82-game season, which he has never played before. I mean, obviously, you know, at that age, you don't you know, you never played an NBA season before. So it is different. It's an adjustment. So I think, you know, he's in great hands, obviously, in New Orleans. I love the best the best boot uh, for the Pelicans this offseason may have been bringing in the Phoenix Suns trainer. Uh, you know, we talked about all these player mm-hmm. additions and Zion and all that. I mean, that was a genius move by the front office. David Griffin obviously was close with uh, the Suns trainer. I'm, I'm, his name's escaping me at the moment, but um, Aaron Nelson. Uh, yeah, Aaron Nelson. Yes, he did a fantastic job with the Suns. You know, you talked to I talked to guys like Steve Nash and Jared Dudley about the job that he and his staff did in Phoenix and. He's just incredible at what he does. So I feel like they're going to put Zion on a really smart plan, um, you know, dietary-wise, workout-wise, and, and make sure he's in, you know, going to be okay. So uh, I think he's in excellent hands. But um, I do know that some coaches feel like he needs to kind of lose some weight in order to be able to reach his full potential and not have any kind of injury concerns. But I love his game, and I think the pieces that are around him in New Orleans are really going to help him. You know, we talked about them getting out in transition. You know, the thought of Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, you know, Drew Holiday running the floor together. It's going to be so much fun. I'm really excited. Um, As for which rookie stood out to me, I would probably say Alexander Walker. You know, I think, you know, his defense is so special. (laughs) Again, he's a guy that when you you look at, um, you know, Lonzo and Drew and what they can do in the backcourt in terms of locking guys down, um, you know, I get excited thinking about this, this core, you know, playing playing defense together and, and how they're going to be able to fit once they kind of, you know, develop their chemistry. I think uh, Jackson Hayes is really good, too. I think he's someone that, you know, may not be a, a huge contributor from day one. He obviously is a freak athlete, but I think um, he's a bit more of a project. You want him to develop a bit more. But um, I think Walker Alexander could be a, uh, a day one impact player. All right, Alex, uh, with that, thank you for your time, sir. Of course, you guys can follow him at Alex Kennedy NBA and at Hoops Hype. We didn't even get to talk to you about your your free agent article about these guys going through their offseason workouts, but that's definitely something that you guys need to check out. Alex, is there anything about your work that I missed that you'd like our listeners to check out? Uh, no, I appreciate you mentioning the article there. Uh, we're doing a lot of these kind of behind-the-scenes type articles. You know, At Hoops Hype, we have a lot of diehard fans, you know, season ticket holders, or people that kind of work around the league. You know, that's who typically reads our site, it seems. So one thing we try to do is, you know, we know that these fans uh, know everything that there is to know in terms of, um, you know, 
which players have changed teams and things like that. But we want to take them behind the scenes to the things that they don't learn about, like a free agent workout or a contract negotiation or, or things like that. So, you know, we've done a few things recently where we went behind the scenes with executives and kind of shadowed them during free agency and talked about what happens behind the scenes. Uh, the free agent workout was the most recent one where we talked to players and coaches about what happens in that setting. So it's been, it's been fun. You know, I'm loving things at Hoopsite. Nice. Great work, sir. Appreciate your time today. Of course, thank you to Ali Cosell. Remember, you guys can follow him at Ali Cosell. Uh, he's been killing at thebirdrights.com. Even when you don't see him writing, you see these 3,000-word articles by Ben Pfeiffer, the man behind all of us, Ali Cosell. Ali, what are you working on, sir? I'm almost done with the Jackson Hayes piece because I was trying to basically do, you know, go in depth on him and try and get a good scouting report to where I did some comparisons, what we can expect for the future. Sweet. Easy enough. Uh, I've got some articles on thebirdrights.com and on Bleacher Report if you guys want to check out. Uh, Mike DeLeo has one today. By the numbers, can recent acquisitions elevate New Orleans Pelicans defense to elite? Make sure you guys check out that. Also, uh, we've got some changes coming to the podcast that we will announce shortly, but it's going to start on August 1st. Until then, you guys can still do us a favor. You can share this podcast. You can go on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, uh, give us uh, a comment. Yeah, if, if you have any anything you'd like us to work on, improve upon, please we'd love to hear your feedback uh for now thank you guys for listening i'm preston ellis let's go pals thank you for listening to the bird calls on the off the glass nothing but net and up and under podcast networks if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today We're here at Circle K witnessing a legendary drink mix for 79 cents. Looks like he's going with red sports drink. And now lemon lime soda. Ooh, the cola froster top-off. Polar Pops and Frosters are only 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Come for the unique food and local beer. Stay for all the amazing. Red, White, and Brews is back. A hometown celebration of Americana food and fun. And it's only at California's Great America. In here, the whole family will enjoy delicious eats, live music, larger-than-life games, activities, and more. And grown-ups will get to enjoy their favorite local beers and wine. This limited-time event is weekends only, June 15th to 30th. Get your tickets online at cagreatamerica.com. It's amazing in here.